This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Of course, as always, in association with the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Bury, the only places to go and enjoy both pre and post match entertainment in Coventry. We're here to talk through everything Sky Blues uh, and what's been going on in the most recent weeks and I'm joined to do that by Matt. How are you, Matt? Yeah, very well. Mate. How, how are you? Yeah, good. Good start to uh, the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's very difficult to be anything but positive, I think, at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, sum up your sort of feelings around the Sky Blues at, at this moment in time. Yeah, I think, um, you know, what Mark Rummins was telling us all those weeks and we were all kind of... No, nobody was, well, most of us weren't doubting Mark Robbins, but I think we were all starting to get a little bit frustrated with that same line, weren't we? The, it, will, it will come together and it needs time. And um, and obviously, as much as we all love Robbins and nobody's talking about getting him out of the club or anything as, as extreme as that, it got a little bit frustrating. I think we can all admit that. It got to a point where you're saying, you know, that's all well and good in terms of it all coming together at some point, but... You know, can it can it start coming together a little bit sooner than it than it felt like it was going to happen? But um, but he was right. You know, obviously we can't um, we we can't really argue with the form that we've seen over the last six weeks or so, and um, yeah. it just everything everything looks so so strong and 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 in place for us to be set up as a as a very strong team, whether it's at this level or even at a higher level now um for 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 a good few years and the uh, the way we've done that over the last you know maybe year or two in particular is is nothing short of, short of remarkable do, do you think we're all a little bit naive to how how bigger the overhaul was actually Where, mm. n- now you look back to to that and you know i'm not sure anyone didn't cut mark robinson slack but 
maybe we were just a little bit not just naive but just not really contemplating exactly what a big overhaul it is and mm. you know when you think of that back four now there's there's not one player who 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 was there apart from Bidwell has obviously come back in that that, that was yeah. it it's a completely changed back four for a start um it, it is a really big overhaul and he kept asking for time and you could see there was something there but there was just games like the Preston's that yeah. just made you that concerned, I guess. But it was a really huge overhaul, wasn't it? And I, and I think it, the proof's in the pudding now that we've we've kind of done that. Yeah, in, in quite a few respects as well. I was thinking about this after the game on, on Saturday. And obviously it's a derby and it's a full crowd and there's a few specifics about that situation you're not going to get every week. But I was thinking back to another game where we win quite comfortably, a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, dominated um, the scoreline and uh, it was an early Saturday kickoff. It was the Middlesbrough game, second game of the season, winning 3-0. And as much as it was enjoyable to watch that win and, um, you know, great to see and, and everything else, there was something about that game where I felt you had to, it was almost like that was an example to me of we are starting again in a lot of regards. You know, you just felt like we'd done so much work as a club to build up that relationship between the yeah. fans and the players and it yeah. seemed in such a good position. And then you lose, you know, obviously a few of the real key parts of that um, relationship. Plus, you know, we'd obviously lost Callum O'Hare for a long period of time, who was another big part of that. And you kind of look at these players celebrating and you kind of think there isn't that connection still, you know, it's a nice, it's a, it's a great moment. We've won three and early and, and everything's great and happy. And, but it wasn't that same connection. Yeah. Um, and that kind of like, you know, even in itself, that tells you, you know, we had to start again on every front. So that's, that's one side of it. Then it's obviously the playing side of it where we've lost, obviously, you know, the key spine of the, of the team with Hamer and Jokerez and Doyle and, and maybe a few others as well. And, uh, and bringing all these new players, in you know it was a it was a complete overhaul really um and yeah when you actually stop to think about it you, you, you kind of think yeah it's kind of what he was asking for was realistic but we can all be a lot more patient when we're in the playoffs right you know now we're at the other side of uh, of a good run and, and we're where we would hope to have been at the start of the season then we can all maybe be a little bit more realistic in in how philosophy in, in how we kind of review these situations versus when you're four games in a row, um, you know, back to back defeats and, and and you're languishing towards the bottom of the table. So, yeah, it's uh, wins are always very helpful in, in terms of allowing you to be a little bit more realistic and um, and obviously a lot more positive. Absolutely. Um, in this week's episode, listeners, we're going to, of course, cover as Matt just said, the memorable win in the M69 derby. We're also going to look ahead to the fixture at Hillsborough against league strugglers Sheffield Wednesday. And then we'll finish off by looking through the results of some recent Twitter polls that we've added and discuss the transfer window, which is going to slam shut uh, in, in not too much long time, actually. Um, kicking off, Matt, with with Leicester. Um, the lineup: four changes: Collins, Thomas, Kitchen, and Godden in 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 the mix. Any surprises with that? I mean, most of them pick themselves, I guess. Yeah, I think obviously with Kitchen coming back from a suspension, there were maybe a few conversations around easing him in, but I think most people would have expected because of how unbelievably solid that kind of you know back 
two pairing, centre-half pairing had been alongside yeah. Collins, obviously. I don't think there was any question marks around Collins. Kitchen, maybe the, the odd question mark, but just because of, um, yeah, having to, to kind of maybe ease his way back in. But I think most people realistically would have expected to have seen that. Um, and, I, you know, the other main one, obviously, is is around Hadji Wright. And we kind of, we seem to go back and forth with that after what happened with with, with the Middlesbrough game. Obviously, there were concerns and the rumours about it being six weeks. And then uh, Robin seemed to alleviate that with what he said. Um, I think everybody thought, OK, right, well, we should be absolutely fine for, for the Leicester game. And then I think towards the end of that week, we started to hear maybe actually there is something there and we were going to struggle yeah. for the weekend. So I think by the point of the team being released, it, it, there weren't really too many shocks, I guess, from that perspective. Um, and again, it's kind of a testament to the strength of the squad and, and how much we have progressed because you can't imagine, I guess, going into such a big game for us, um, losing kind of, you know, potentially some will argue or, or I don't think many would argue at least one of our best players and our best performers in recent weeks um from from the starting lineup and think okay well we, we we're taking on top of the, the the league and you know i think let's let's be honest probably the best team in the league quite comfortably yeah and we're going to be without one of our best performers certainly from a form perspective and as much as obviously that wasn't a great thing to see it didn't you know fill me with the usual doom that it it, it maybe usually would do i don't know how did you feel about that one in particular yeah i mean i it was just whether it was going to be sims or Godden and yeah. um you know I think Robbins always knows what he's going to get with Godden and he, he mm. knew that I think Robbins has trying to kind of changed the way that um we still hunt in packs don't get me wrong but I think he's kind of happy to leave these possession based teams to have the ball as soon as they start to enter across the, the halfway line and into that sort of pushing into the final foot sort of third that's when he wants people to go and hunt them down in packs and, and win the ball back. Mm. And I've got to say it, it worked against Southampton it largely. It, it worked against Leeds uh, yeah. away from home. And, and you'd have to say again, this, this weekend it works. So, you know, I think Godden gives you that pair of legs that you, you need to be able to hurry up defences you know, at that time that they've crossed crossed that. So, but I, yeah. I agree there was, you know, no major changes that you, you wouldn't expect. Collins was always going to come in after yeah. the, the FA Cup break. Um, and Thomas and Kitchen have been such a solid pair this season that it just makes complete sense to go back to that um, yeah. as soon as it was was available, which um, was this this kickoff, you know, this, this match here. Um, mm -hmm. mo moving on to, to early exchanges of the game, Matt, um, you had um, Sakamoto. He, you know, very good feet, quick feet, and then he, he hit the bar, forced a save, um, mm -hmm. and then had Justin, you know, again completely on toast when he he, he skinned him there. He's, um, you could tell in this game he was going to have a lot of the ball and he was going to be dangerous. Yeah, I think the way we play in, in even in particular against these teams, like you say, you know, hunting packs, try and make things difficult, press. We're obviously risking potentially occasions where they're gonna um, they're gonna beat that press and maybe open up a little bit more space. And I think one of the most impressive things about how we performed on Saturday was how organised we were in those situations. You know, yeah. Leicester are a team with quality; they've got technical ability. And there were a couple of occasions where we pressed 
and um, and they managed to get away and, and get into a little bit of space. But everybody kind of seemed to know what to do in that situation. You know, if yeah. if the ball's in this area, here's who's going to press. And if it kind of gets past them, then here's who needs to fall into what area. And it just seems so well drilled. But more often than not, it did seem to work off there where we would press and, and we would nick the ball away from them and, and break. And, yeah. you know, that fits perfectly into Sakamoto's um advantages and, and positives as a player you know you can give the ball to him in a bit of space and allow him to kind of express what he can do with his with his feet and um he's always going to be dangerous certainly at, at this level so yeah what do you think no he surprise. gives us that we didn't have last year you know what do, do, does he give us something that we we could just completely were missing I mean, it's, it's funny because you watch him in a game and you watch what he does and you kind of think it feels so, you know, if anybody watched a, a video on him or, you know, a, a DVD or whatever it might be now, um, you'd kind of feel like you'd have a good understanding of what's to come. But yeah. it's just done so well that it, it always seems to pay off. So I think it's just you can get the ball to him and, and feel relatively confident that, he's going to turn it into into something it's that consistency of you know this is going to end up with a, a an element of space and whether that ends up with a cross or if it ends up you know playing it in towards let's say milan who might have gone in to support him or yeah. a callow hair on the edge of the box or whoever it might be it's just that consistency of okay you have a player on the wing who's actually going to produce something for you um and at a certain stage of of most games if that's happening you know you're going to get some results off the back of that you're going to get some chances and some opportunities and and aside from that it's obviously he's creating and getting into good spaces for himself as well so you know he's he's obviously um as as a wide player it's not just about him getting the ball to his feet he seems to be you know very alert and aware when the ball's over the other end of the pitch yeah. of you know when to to make his run in and create space for him and and time his run and we've seen him score you know obviously scored the the, the header against Middlesbrough which you don't yeah. wouldn't associate a man of his size and stature with but he yeah. seems to just his um his ability to kind of you know I guess read the game even read if it's game, not in yeah. his area you know you find yeah. that with a lot of wide players if they haven't got the ball then they're kind of not overly interested yeah um, and it's been a massive advantage for us to have somebody who um yeah plays in a wide position but well i think you could say from both sides obviously Hadji Wright as well he's potentially somebody that you might expect is able yeah. to be a bit more of a presence if he drifts when we in played a bit that more. box before we we always felt a little bit narrow you know when mm. i think even back to like the league one days we played a really nice box form you know that box formation and and, and played yeah. some lovely football and played through teams but we didn't mm. always ever feel we always quite felt quite narrow it used to be quite like you know pass and move and then through balls and Godden was yeah. playing off the shoulder whereas yeah. now we're you know, Bidwell and 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 Sakamoto, we're whipping crosses in, and and like you say, Milan when he's supporting, mm-hmm. we are getting that whip, which seems to be stretching teams, but it allows you know O'Hare clearly is is getting into positions now in the center of the the box because that whip is allowing him to 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 get forward, more. have a lot more space as well, and and yeah, as we say, his ability to kind of um you know drift in and, and pose a threat if the ball's on the other side of the pitch you know we're talking if we are playing sims and and obviously sims maybe hasn't produced the number of goals that we would have have wanted to have seen but you can still feel like you can play him even if you know that maybe you're worried about his confidence in getting a goal himself because 
you know, whatever angle we're coming from, there's there's going to be support in that area of the pitch as well. And we're not going to have, you know, people who are who are wide players who are just going to be passengers if the ball isn't in their area of the pitch, if that makes sense. So you've got that threat coming through the middle, but also if the ball's wide on the left, then Sakamoto is a threat coming in um, to a more central position and vice versa over the other side. So his consistency of, of obviously turning possession into, you know, good positions, creating space for himself is, is in one regards a massive plus for us, but he's he's also a goal threat going into the middle himself. And we're not seeing a lot of goals from him where you'd necessarily say he's... Um, you know, he's jinked in from way out wide, you know, yeah. 40 yards in and he's had to do it all himself. And, and that's where the goals come from, right? We're seeing goals where he's actually getting involved in the middle of the pitch uh, or in the middle of the box or in those kind of areas. And he's nipping in and getting a goal, I think, to both goals at Middlesbrough and and a few other examples as well, Sunderland. So, um, so yeah, he, he's, he's just kind of an all-round threat really and more so in an attacking perspective when it comes to you know in a, in a in a more central position i tweeted this week that after that game that if you could bottle a feeling and sell it it would be <laughs> the time that you know the ball was passed out wide and and you know into sakamoto's feet you yeah. just get a feeling that anything can happen like once he gets the ball um and i'm not sure we've had that um probably apart from from Jokeres, um since you know for a long time and I know mm. that's not discarding anything that O'Hare does and, and Palmer when he gets the ball but it's just different isn't it it's almost yeah it is it, it, it just seems to he just seems to I think get people off off their seat and on the edge of their seat and and you feel like anything can happen and he seems to have a really good understanding um you know with with his his, his colleagues and you know long long may that continue um We've got to talk about this penalty decision. Uh, yeah. Just talk us through that. Like, shocked. I Can mean, you, I, have you seen them given? It, it's is there is there any case for um, for it being a you know a good decision? It's it's a hard one. I, I mean, I, I'm completely the other end of the stadium, and I, I feel like everybody around. You know, obviously, we're all cov fans, yeah, and yeah. we're all kind of you know, obviously biased in our opinion as well, but it just felt so clear and obvious from where we were as well, that it, that it just wasn't a penalty. And then I even kind of say to myself after I'm okay, well, let's have a look at it and see if I missed something because I'm quite yeah. a, a long way away. And I'm like, no, no, Piers, I got quite a, quite a good look at it, quite a good view of, of what actually happened. So yeah, it's, I mean, I'm quite open-minded when it comes to refing decisions as in i try and be a little bit more open-minded with look things are going to happen in games and the speed and you kind of got the a, speed in exactly. real time it's it's difficult more difficult i think to make you know to make that but with that one it felt the ball went one way yeah you cannot just stop yourself dead <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one you know like i say you've got to Maybe, you know, we don't want to go too too far into it on VAR because that's a whole thing in itself. But if we're seemingly as a, a nation of football fans not that on board with VAR, then there has to be some leniency with what our expectations are of officials and not expecting them to see what we might see off the back of slowed 70 down. different cameras yeah. slowed down to one 
thousandth of a speed of of what is actually happening at game time and with perfect views and and, and, and knowing where to look. That, didn't he? But this is one where it's difficult yeah. to say, you know, you shouldn't be able to to see that and, and make that decision. So yeah, it's it's a tough one. It was a tough one to take as well because it just felt um sort of it just felt like momentum. a body blow. Yeah. It felt it, like such a body blow. I felt, you know, for me, we'd worked so hard in the first half and I was thinking, you know, we're probably going to need to make a few changes in the second half, but um, but we're fully in this game now against obviously a, a really good side. And then that happens and you're thinking they've gone a goal up. They're just going to be able to slow the ball down yeah. and kind of kill the force, game off against... Yeah, force against, force little, little chances out of sort of yeah. while we're trying to to get back into it yeah yeah and make us work even harder because they can be even more patient with the ball they don't have to force things but we're going to have to force it and that's where it's going to be really quite quite risky for us so it just it wasn't even just the fact it's one goal and it puts us behind it just kind of you know it made me kind of preemptively look at what we might have expected to have seen in the second half but obviously that changed you know a, a few minutes afterwards as well so um so you know that was that was good to see but yeah at the time it was a pretty pretty difficult one to take to be honest with you yeah it it did change very very quickly the um the whole game was turned on its head again um obviously Jewsby Hole dispatched the penalty but then shortly after um a red card straight red Again, for me, especially in the the vein that the game had been been played in, in the decisions that the referee had taken, I have to say it felt quite a harsh red, I Mm. think. But I don't know. How did you feel? Yeah, I I certainly would say you could you could call it harsh. I think the timing of the incident um, probably didn't hurt us you know coming quite soon after the, the yeah. penalty yeah. i don't know like the penalty you know he'd, he'd given it it was quite a quick decision to give the penalty which i don't necessarily have an issue in in, in that in itself but maybe there was a thought in his head of kind of you know was that 100 was the quicker, right decision? wasn't it i mean he was straight he, in he, yeah he was straight in he it was no he, he made his mind up instantly yeah like um you know, I but don't, I don't know. I, do you think maybe there was some influence off the fact of you know he has just given a penalty? Maybe he's even questioning that in his in his own mind. Look, referees are human, right? You know, they yeah. make snap decisions, and, and maybe there was a thought in his mind. Okay, right, really was that the best decision? You don't know. It's it's hard to say. I think one thing I would say about it, you know, the the, the guy does fly in. Yeah, he's he not does. Exactly, and, and, and you're almost waiting for that on a derby. It sounds bad, but you're almost waiting for that on a derby, like. As a referee, you're going into that game and think, "Oh, I hope so." No one does anything stupid, yeah. You, you know, and then he, and he does, he does something stupid. He's well late. Bidwell yeah. has made enough of it, I think, to to make it look pretty, you know, pretty pretty harsh. Um, mm-hmm. And he and he's way out of control, and you, you, you know, and and it's obviously it's it's done us a massive favour. I just think it if if you could if you could play that again it probably wouldn't be a penalty and it mm. might be a very stern talking to and a, mm. a you know a final sort of warning but hey. i'm going to sound a very you know biased coventry here which obviously i am but i'm also trying to look at this from a biased perspective i do think um you know we, we could maybe feel a little bit more hard done by with the penalty than with the with the red cards yeah, i would probably I say yeah you look at it a few times 
back and you could you could make a, a very solid argument to say okay you could maybe go with a yellow on that decision for sure but also you know when you fly in like that at that speeds mm. with very little control and you don't win the ball then and effectively you know both of your feet are involved in the tackle to some regards yeah. then you are running the risk of what could happen versus yeah. you clearly win the ball yeah. and then you know your leg makes contact with with somebody who kind of like moves into it you know they're they're different in that context so i think yeah you could make the argument to say there's a little bit of balance there but um i also do think if you're looking at it realistically you know one decision probably a little bit clearer in my mind than the than the other the second one you do give the opportunity to be able to say you know you you've you've flown in pretty uncontrolled and 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 you're given the option for it to be a red card i mean you know you look at it there wasn't really too much from what i could see there didn't seem, seem to be too much appeal from from the leicester Just players to say the same thing actually you know when you think when you think um you know leicester you know manager has been has been was booked wasn't he i yeah. think so yeah, you know there wasn't there wasn't too much um, from from their side. I think you're right, and you're you're you know you're spot on. You always run the risk of of being sent off if if you mm. fly in like that, and that is what happened. Um, mm. We were able to make fortune of the of the extra man. Um, some good work, um, you know, down down the left hand side, and it, it finally came into to O'Hare, who sort of seemed to wait wait and wait and wait for the perfect opportunity to, to slide that ball in the net to to equalize but a really good finish but again just feel like he's getting in the box more maybe mm. that's because he's got players around him that are playing these intricate one twos in those areas we do seem to be not trying to walk it in but we do seem to be playing in a in opposition box you know, much more. And I think back to the only thing we've got to compare really is league one mm-hmm. Robins, because, you know, since we had Vic, we, and even the first sort of championship year, we went quite long and direct to Biamu and, um, yeah. you know, um, and uh, Walker, I think at the time yeah. and Jokeres when he played. And then we, we were even more direct, I think um, with, with Jokeres in, in recent seasons. So it feels like the league one, but we still seem to be whipping balls in and through balls seem to be Matty Godden playing off the shoulder a lot. Whereas these seem to be much more Arsenal-esque, like playing <laughs> the ball around, which sometimes is frustrating because we're trying to find, we sort of get up to the 25-yard box and then we're trying to find that perfect pass. But because they're so good in those those tight areas with the players that you've got, like Sakamoto, O'Hare, it kind of feels like it, it's working for us and we're, we're scoring you know, a lot more goals now inside the box. Yeah, I think that's the benefit of one of the bigger benefits of time and and obviously seeing things come together and maybe obviously now getting Callum O'Hare back and also up to, to full fitness, which I'm sure, you know, it, his first couple of weeks, he, he still was getting back up to full fitness. So it's probably only still four or five weeks um, maybe a little bit longer where he's been at, at full fitness. So we've probably seen the, the benefit of that. Um, you know, I think we saw a period of time where for me, we were better without the ball, um, consistently better without the ball. I didn't think we were as cohesive at that point, as you can probably say would be understandable as a as a new squad coming together with regards to trying to piece these things together so intricately and then, 
work it, you know, almost to within, you know, six, seven yards of the goal and, and, and tap it in. So um, we were playing some, you'd see us kind of get 70% of the way there, but something would always go wrong with it. So you could see he was trying to play that style and then you started to move away from it a little bit and just kind of allow the opposition to have a little bit more possession yeah. and uh, and then just try and nick the ball away and just be a little bit more um, effective from that perspective, you know, trying create opportunities at speed when there's a bit more space. Whereas now you can see the benefit. People are starting to to look a lot more... Um, I don't, you just have that that much more coordinated feel about the way that we're we're moving forward. Players seem to recognise and gel really well. O'Hare's come back and obviously now he's he's, he's at full fitness. Um, he looks like a, an even better player quite comfortably than he was before he he obviously got injured. And and everybody seems to be you know I think I think buying into what Robbins wants to do on a on a football field and has the ability to do what he's after you know they've been bought in specifically for a reason so now that we're seeing the benefits of you know them playing together for a period of time we're, we're obviously seeing the ability to, to 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 actually see the benefit of trying to you know get those opportunities a little bit deeper on the pitch I was quite frustrated actually in this game because I felt um they're down to 10 men they're a goal up they're going to try and um, sit in and yeah. make it difficult for us and we're not really utilizing the ability of having that extra man and I just thought I want to try and you know tire them out and get a bit, a bit more try and you know make them move and and even they were quite happily allowing us in that second half to have the ball up into the penalty area outside yeah. the penalty area but they were going to make it in incredibly difficult for us to do anything once it came to being in the box and we had that period of time you know before maybe even we made the substitutes where we were kind of moving it around the penalty area and then you know quite patiently passing it around the area and then at a certain point somebody would get it and try and float something in because maybe we were frustrated and we we're trying to move things along and it just wasn't the right moment and yeah. you just felt like this is not developing into a good pattern and yeah. I think the substitutes looking at this game specifically the substitutes were massively important to us when he made them and you know we've obviously you know quite often COV fans will talk about Robbins maybe not leaning on substitutes as early as he could do and you could see yeah. in this game that that definitely wasn't the case I think we saw the first subs even before maybe the 60th minute um, and all of them mark. that came on were, were still given that good 20 plus minutes to influence the game so that's kind of against the norm with with robbins and yeah i think obviously quite telling in in the situation we were in on on saturday afternoon yeah it did feel like we were going like from wing to wing um mm. and passing it but and, and some of that needs to be quicker but i mm. think we've still come on leaps and bounds in the way we move the ball across the you know across the pitch and um, different games are going to be different with that as well. You know, you're yeah. playing a team that are one nil up away from home, whether it's Leicester or anyone, you're yeah. away from home, you're one nil up and you're, ten, you're down to 10 men. You know, you're going to set up just to make it really difficult for you to do anything past the the penalty area basically versus playing against teams where they're still trying to go and do something themselves at the other end of the pitch so yeah in in certain situations or in most situations most weeks we're not going to be playing a team who are down to 10 men and the opportunities are going to be a little bit more um, available to us I just didn't know if that approach was was perfect for this situation obviously the goal has still come from a situation where we've worked it into the box so 
you know, ultimately it's it, it still paid off for us in this game as well. Yeah, and and sometimes when when it is a backs against a you know sort of wall job for a, for a team that like you say are down to ten men, they do crowd that box, and that probably worked in our favour. Milan, he he got the you know the second goal. Um, it's he's taken it down really nicely. It's it's broke you know broke to him, and he's 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 just you know thunderbolted it into the into the back of the net, and probably because it was such a busy penalty box that that's why the keeper couldn't get anything on it. Um, Obviously, a great goal, um, but he gives us a lot more than than that. I mean, we know he's got a great free kick. I don't know where I was going to try and make up some lost and found posters for his long throw because <laughs> there was a time <laughs> on Saturday when I just couldn't couldn't believe, and then he nearly did a foul throw when he when yeah. he was. It was, it was like that. That yeah, that, I remember we saw you, but that that did look like it was a foul throw. To be fair, but we were we were we were sort of one nil down, and I thought, oh, this is going to get absolutely launched into the box, and yeah. he sort of trotted over, and I thought, here we go. We haven't seen this for a while, <laughs> and then he just went just short, and it was, I don't know, it was bizarre, but you know, a very very good player um, seems to be taking it upon himself to to continue that. Um, sort of, you know, changing room camaraderie, that, mm. that um, connection with the fans. He he clearly understands it and, and, and gets it. And I yeah. think maybe that's where results have turned, actually, that the whole team, you needed some of those new characters to appear and to, yeah. to come to come through. Um, and to, to sort of, you know, it feels like a team much more now that say, no, we're not going to get beat. We're going to stick in. Whereas before they were looking around and they didn't know the characters of who were going to maybe step up and, 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 and be tight enough to, to not concede or, or, or what have you. But um, do you have any concerns that Milan could um, have interest in the summer? Oh, I do know. I, I don't think I'd stopped and thought about it, to be honest with you, but yeah, I mean, I would be shocked if, if there wasn't, to be honest with you, when you see what he can bring it's to a, a team. It's a four-year I mean, deal, is that right? Four-year? I thought a lot of Yeah, well, I, I feels like everybody that we signed of, you know, of a, let's say, a, a younger age, so maybe not like a late 20s, like a De Silva yeah. or someone like that. You know, anybody who was lower than mid-20s, I'm pretty sure they're all four-year deals. Um, so without seeing it to hand, I'm pretty sure he was as well. So, yeah, look, I, I would imagine we would get a good return on him if that was to be the case. But uh, you would have to imagine there's going to be, if he keeps going the way that he is going, there would have to be some level of, um interest for him in, in the summer it would be it would be shocking if there wasn't to be honest with you i just think he offers a, a, a complete requirement for that part of the pitch you know well what you're looking for from that area of the pitch he obviously i think earlier in the season he showcased a bit more what he could do from a defensive position and point of view um but now he seems to have that confidence in terms of moving forward and taking players on and and uh, maybe it is that relationship with Sakamoto and he feels maybe a little bit more comfortable that he will cover him if if he does really bomb forward. Plus, he's got the pace to be able to get back. And I think we've said a couple of times on the podcast around that Kyle Walker element of it's difficult really to feel like you're ever completely away from him because he's so fast that that opportunity to get back is is always there. So, you know, but his defensive positioning always looks strong. And now he's adding that ability to move forward and create chances and um, and obviously create chances for himself and others. It's 
it's exactly what you're looking for in that area of the pitch. Plus, yeah, he's he's pretty handy from free kicks, as we've talked about. And he's, as you say, quite rightly, he's taken it upon himself to really enhance that relationship between the fans and the players, which I, I really can't stress how important I think that is and how important I think it's been for us in the last few years and and, and how we've progressed as a football club. I think it's massive. And, you know, bring, getting Callum O'Hare back was was obviously a big part of that because he was a player who, who always seemed to ease that relationship in. But we were going to need some new characters to come forward and, and, and it couldn't just be Callum O'Hare, right? So... He's really taken that upon himself, and I, I think it's absolutely massive. So, yeah, I don't know. Season, are, you, are you saying you've heard something about interest, or are you just thinking common sense would dictate you've got to imagine somebody's going to be interested in the summer? Yeah, I mean, you know, he he was man of the match this week. Um, yeah, he, he tried to give it to O'Hare, he but did, he did. Yeah, yeah was him, so yeah. you know, he's made team of the week, you know, a few times. Um, any lazy sort of championship manager style managers out there will, will have him on, on their radar. And, you know, obviously there's still some, some big money floating around at the top and, you know, bottom of the premiership and the top of the championship, I, I guess, as well as, you know, we've seen these teams now from Europe that are sort of entering into Europa or, you know, on the sort of borderline of, of champions league football are, are looking you know, to the championship to to solidify their um their 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 playing squad. So it doesn't seem without question. But you know, I did check while you were talking four year deal. Um, I'm sure there's loads of um Doug's special uh you know uh deals in in there that, that <laughs> if if he was to move on, it would be very very um advantageous for ourselves. Um. It's Obviously. about trusting the process, isn't it? You know, we've kind of seen the examples now where um, we've 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 obviously had a couple of players moved on that nobody would in their, I guess, preferences would have wanted to have left the club because they were such great performers for us. But now we're seeing the the benefits, I guess, of that. Um, ultimately, when you start piecing the squad together, where we've now got. 10, 11, 12, 13 assets where you'd say these are players who, if we were to sell them on again, will themselves bring, you know, potentially quite comfortably over £10 million them, themselves or a number of them would, would threaten that kind of number and still with money to bring more in. You know, we've obviously signed somebody again in this window and you think even if yeah. you weren't to sell anybody, there's a potential to bring more in whether it's this window or in the summer as well and you kind it's of quite... think trust the process as much as I wouldn't want him to go at this moment right now and it, you know it might be him or it might be others or it might be one or two others that happen in the summer possibly that will happen what name that will be we don't know but um but you've got to think all four-year deals really they're probably going to be moved on for exceptional amounts of money and we can start to feel relatively comf comfortable and confident now that what we get back in return is going to be um, is going to be pretty decent for us. You you make a good point about you know, and everyone's made a similar point really about how we now you know we own these players rather than loans. It, it's quite inspiring that the only person that has gone bad really this transfer window seems to be. Um, I'm not a massive Jay De Silva fan. I'm I'm mm. not sure. He is going to be. I know. I know that I'm probably, you know, getting the boo boys here on me. But I'm. It's just for me. 
um, especially how well Bidwell's played uh, and how solid he is. I think out of everyone, it feels to me that that Jade Silver's probably someone that is gonna has probably met pretty much his his peak. I I mm. think um, I'm yeah. not sure there's much more there, um, and and maybe I think his lack of game time has actually really affected him. He doesn't seem to be anywhere near as 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 good going forward as he as he was perhaps. Um, but then he's playing in a time you know coming on often when we're sort of define a result rather than trying to push um further on but it's quite inspiring that you know the the, the worst transfer business is someone that was a lonely uh, and and they've gone back and you know that that's been done and and actually yeah. all of the 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 transfer business that we've done that was actual purchases has worked out to be to be pretty good to be honest it's um yeah it, it does look like you know as a recruitment team, we just keep getting it better and better and better and, and more, more nailed on. Yeah, absolutely. Even, you know, I guess some people will still have question marks with Sims and, and, and obviously, yes, you always want your strikers to, to have more goals, but we've seen, you know, plenty of glimpses from what is still a very young player in, in my opinion of what he can become and also his involvement in important moments for us or it, it, what he can do, um, when he gets in, involved. So, you know, obviously he was important in that first goal for us, which was massive because it's only 10 minutes to go in the game. It, it's not a case of, you know, we don't get that, but it's going to come at some point in the game. You know, if we don't get a goal at that point, we're probably not going to win. So um, that was that was important. It was only, you know, what, 10 minutes or so after he'd come onto the pitch. You know, his, his assist for the goal against Oxford, I know it's League One opposition, but... Um, we've seen plenty of examples where we haven't really flourished as a club against lower league opposition. Yeah. And his assist for the second goal against Oxford is is so impressive in so many regards that um, I don't know. He's probably the one. Uh, the reason I highlighted it, obviously, he's probably the one outside of that where you'd go. Well, there's probably still question marks, but it is more to do with the fact of I don't think he's fully developed into what he can be. Plus. You know, he's maybe not the focal point as a striker as he might have wanted or expected to have been coming to, to Coventry City, right? He's at Everton, I've played yeah. at Chelsea and scored and done all these things. He's probably thinking, I go to Coventry and, I, and I'm the guy and, you know, I'm going to get 90 minutes regardless for X period of time. And he's kind of now got to understand that's cl quite clearly not going to be the case. Um, so, you know, let's see what he's made of to an extent as well. But I'm still confident with him as well. Well, that was, you know, a great result, um, brilliant win, uh, one that I didn't really see coming at the start of the day. I did think it was going to be a very difficult, I did. I was, wasn't worried that we'd get hammered. I thought we'd yeah. make a good match of it, but to run out 3-1, you know, winners, to be where we are in, in the position that we're in, in this stage of the season is just nothing short of, you know, incredible really uh, for Mark Robbins. Taking man of the match, Matt, who was the star man for you? Yeah, I mean, I would not to just kind of go straight in for the the goal scorer with O'Hare, but the one thing that really stood out for me in this game as well uh, was when we talk about the press, how involved he was in in going and pressing their players and and creating mistakes from their players and nipping in and getting the ball back, and we know he he looks a, a little bit you know 
thicker in his physique than he maybe did before the injury and he's using that to his advantage in terms of like his body positions and he might nip in and you know be able to use his body a bit more in terms of like holding a player off or get in front and, and kind of win a foul and a free kick and um and I was just really impressed by what he did surprisingly enough to say this from a defensive point of view to add on top of what obviously we saw with the two goals as well he really worked worked hard and nipped in and won the ball back a lot of the time and just made himself a nuisance and it was it was a really impressive all-round performance for me from the the start of the game so there were a lot of really good performances and and obviously Milan had a good uh, shout for it as well and a few others can can have a good shout for um, or certainly needs um, a shout out for their performances but I do think rather than it just being quite obvious and saying the, the guy scored two goals it was an all-round performance for him I don't know if you'd agree but um, he, he, he just has to, to stand out and I think he does deserve it Selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. The Sky Blues will take on Sheffield Wednesday away from home, back in in, in league action again at the weekend. Um, well, we're going to be there a couple of times in as in as, <laughs> as, as many days as it feels like. It, you know, it's going to be a week turnaround until we go there in, in the FA Cup as well. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, Matt, struggling so far this season, which is no great surprise. It's always very, yeah. very difficult when you're trying to establish yourself in that first uh, year back, you know, in, in the championship. But just two wins in their last uh, five league games, one versus Hull, which you could probably argue they're very fortunate with. Um, there was a, an early sending off in that game. Um, I was also looking at the stats. Not one of their players has got over a seven um, on a who scored rating so far this this season. Coventry have two in Ben Sheaf and Brad Collins. And I think, you know, in recent weeks or or coming weeks, that could probably look to change as well with with O'Hare probably getting more match time, able to push that that sort of figure up. So um, it, it does look like we're not complete worlds, but you know, at the moment in time, we're we're a, we're a big distance apart. Um, how are you feeling going into this one? Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think you can see. Uh, you know, a strong, well, there's there's very much a strong argument and a strong case to say that we're a couple of levels quite comfortably above them in terms of 
you know, when it comes to the championship, for example, we're obviously in the same division, but I think, you know, you, a lot of the time you can break the championship down and most leagues down into a couple of different um, tiers and, and and they would certainly be in that lower one and we would be in the top one. So I think quite comfortably we're, we're a better side and a better squad. Um, they have obviously picked up since the managerial change in October. So, you know, I, I, I would say that's just a case of them being more organised than anything else. You know, I don't necessarily, and you look at the start of the season, it really couldn't have got that much worse. I think they didn't win until the end of October. So the new man, or the, the sorry, the manager they brought in in the summer, Munoz, didn't win a game, I, I believe. And um, so it's not really that shocking to an extent to have done better in the second half of the season because it, it couldn't have got much worse. But, or in the second half, half of, of obviously the season so far but um yeah I think the new managers just come in and, and made things a lot more organized he's obviously working his first transfer window now um and and hoping to maybe bring a few players in I guess but um he started to to I guess right the ship a little bit before that he had the opportunity to do that so I don't think yeah these turned them into wool beaters and this unbelievably attractive team who are playing great football or anything of that nature I just think he's maybe brought a bit more structure a little bit more stability a little bit more organization and just made them a bit more difficult to beat but 11 versus 11 we're comfortably better and and, and they might be a little bit more difficult to beat, but I certainly don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't expect to go there and and beat them. I'm trying to think about Stars. I, I've not watched much of them this season and, and watched the whole game, which it's hard to take anything from that when a team goes down to, to 10 men, of course. Um, they seem to be a team that will try and break a little bit on you, but also do try and sort of throw big balls into the box at, at times to to create danger. I suppose you've got Smith that doesn't always seem to start, but if he's mm. if he's on the pitch, you're always going to see balls flung into him. Um mm. and it does seem that they have shots quite a lot outside the box from um I think it's is it Delap, is it? Is that right? No. Are oh, you thinking Bannon? Sorry, Bannon maybe and who am I thinking of as well? Um some footballer's son. Ex footballer. Oh, Kadamatri. Uh, no. Windas. You think you're Windas? You. Thank you. Windas. <laughs> that was a good point, actually. They got a few players who were ex ex footballers, and now you think about it, yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, so they they they've got a bit of a mixed sort of style. They they don't seem that comfortable. I didn't think with with the ball uh, keeping possession, and it's not you know they they do try and play out from the back, but they don't seem to be a team that are that comfortable at doing that. Um, hmm they do seem like a team that we'd be able to expose. I don't know what, what have you made of them sort of so far this season and who, who would you keep an eye on, I suppose? And where do you think we can perhaps sort of penetrate them? Yeah, I think what the the new managers come in and try to do is is make them a lot more organised. So I think they generally play with a, a back four, but they'll have two midfielders who, who seem to sit. So they're just making themselves that bit more difficult to break down. Um, and from a, a creative point of view, like I say, I think they're quite happy to let the opposition have the ball um, more often than not. And they'll just try and nip it away. I think the new manager's come in and he seems to, to, to up front, he'll go with Kadamatri, um, who you know, I think offers a little bit more in terms of pace than maybe a, a Smith who you might target with um, with a bit more of an aerial threat. So that seems to be what they might look to do from an attacking perspective. But I think their their main thought is just make themselves organized you know obviously have that back line and and protect it with two um midfielders who can who obviously maybe a little bit more defensive in their their mindset 
Um, and then when it comes to the attacking perspective, just try and nick the ball away and, and, and at the minute break more with speed than anything else. Um, so, look, I, I think they're the lowest scorers in the league. Um, so they're, they've got an approach and they're trying to do what plays into their strengths as best as possible. I think this new manager's come in and just tried to, I think, first and foremost, yeah. steady the ship and, and make them more difficult to break down. And for whatever reason, he's obviously decided that when it comes to an attacking perspective, it's... Um, it, it's try and nip the ball away and break with a bit of speed and, and obviously play it into a striker who is, yeah, I think his threat is more aligned to um, to pace than, I guess, brute strength and, and brawn. What about us? You know, a nice healthy break now from the, the Leicester game, which obviously kicked off slightly earlier than, than, than usual. Um, but, um, you know, obviously on the back of this, we've got a, a slightly earlier game being, being a Friday night but I'm sure we'll see wholesale changes even though Robbins will want well will we I mean even though mm. Robbins will want to, to to win that game it feels like we will see some changes yeah. maybe not as um large as, as Oxford given the opposition um but you know with, with this one plenty of rest do mm. you see him going unchanged from from Leicester um or do you see him wanting to maybe go two up front away from from home? Or I don't know. I kind of feel like he's going to go unchanged personally. Yeah, I would be shocked if he if he changes anything around. I think we're kind of in a situation now where it just feels, you know, it it, it is just so well drilled and, and and well organized, right? So if we play against a team who even allow us to try and have the ball and then you know, nip it away and, and break on us. I just think we're so well-drilled and organised that we wouldn't get caught out like we might have done uh, earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think we necessarily need to change what we're doing to suit an opposition or suit being on the road. You know, it's obviously a form, formula that's working for us at yeah. the minute. And I have felt in the past, you know, whether it be this season or past seasons, I am generally somebody who's a little bit more aligned to say, you know, you might let's have a look at the opposition and what they might do, particularly when you're playing away from home. But I don't, I, rather, apart from maybe extreme circumstances and extreme situations, I don't think, you know, that benefits us at the minute. We've just got such a, a well-drilled formula of how we want to play. And, and even if it's a case of we play a game where we have more of the ball or we might even have less of the ball, um, we're, we're pretty well set up to account for both of those situations. I would expect us to have more of the ball in this game and, and you know, Sheffield try and stay well organised and and then nick the ball off us and, and break. But I don't really see them causing us too much trouble if they were to to do that to be honest with you you know Leicester didn't in those opportunities where we pressed and they tried to get in behind us and, and create a bit of space so I certainly don't see Sheffield Wednesday being any different so you know like the, the only I guess change you would expect to see is if uh, we don't really know what's happening with Wright I guess it doesn't seem to be a case in, in my mind that he's going to be available by this weekend so aside from that he's the only person I would think if you obviously could make a change you would bring in uh, obviously if your preferences were available to you aside from that i think everybody else that he wants to start is is available and, and who started against leicester basically does it feel like torp will be on the bench um and then maybe get a start against sheffield wednesday in the cup potentially yeah i mean i, I don't even know if he will be on the bench in this game personally i just I think I mentioned it in our group chat. I kind of, 
you know, what Robbins said in his introduction um, interview or whatever you want to call it, his statement when talk was signed, you know, a lot of those things are very template and 90% of it seems to be the same thing majority of the time. But it just felt to me as if he really stressed the point of not just saying, you know, it's going to take him a bit of time to get used to championship football. He was talking about it's going to take him a bit of time to get used to like training as well. And he just yeah. felt like he was really stressing. He's not, I think he feels almost a little bit in between. I know we spent, you know, a couple of million pounds on him and with, with our cov brains on that still feels like a massive amount of money. It's mm. kind of an average amount of money for us now. And yeah. it almost feels like he's in between that period of, you know, or that position of he's obviously not somebody that we've bought for the future for two, three years down the line, or he's not going to play at all this season. And, and he's just a development project, but I also don't think he's a straight into the fire you know, once he's had a bit of time with training and he's and he's going in and starting, I think it's going to be. Don't let Twitter hear you say that, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, that, I think that's our, our cough brains, isn't it? You know, again, somebody signed for two million. We want to see what he can do, and he should yeah. be playing all the time. And you kind of like you take a step back from that. It's like, well, how much do you really want to change about what's going on at the minute? I'm not saying you know he's not going to be involved as a substitute at some stage. It might be this game. It might be. Um, involvement in the squad against Wednesday, obviously in the FA Cup, it feels like that might make sense because it's an FA Cup game. And as much as we're probably taking that a little bit more seriously, maybe from what you hear at the club this season than we might have done in past years. Um, yeah, I just don't know that necessarily he's... I certainly don't see him starting, but I wouldn't even be shocked if he isn't on the bench or if he's on the bench, but a new substitute. Watch him start now and, and, and score two goals. But I don't know. I just, from what he said, I just felt that it might be a little bit of a slow burner, like an ongoing thing, a little bit more of a, of a, of a slow burner. I know there's rumours as well around certain players who might be leaving the club in that part of the pitch. So, you know, there might be more of a functional need for him to be involved from a, um numbers. from the perspective of, of numbers but i don't know what you know realistically we don't want to change too much of the minute do we no we don't and you know is there any can you see anything other than a coventry city win on on this game i mean we've got a real chance now to solidify ourselves in that playoff spot and it kind of feels like actually you know over the next couple of games and the and the fixtures that other teams have got yeah we we could actually I'm not saying three points, but we, we could potentially put sort of three points between us and, and some of the other teams and, and actually start to make that sixth, fifth spot very, very solid. Um, yeah. And, 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 and really kick on. Um, what's your score predictions for this game? Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm going to go for two nil. I think, um, you know, can I see anything happening? You always have that risk of, a moment and, and an incident and something happening and, you know, it, it, and that can always turn the game on its head. And, you know, we're certainly not past the point of somebody, you know, um, making them, it's completely impossible for somebody to make a mistake or maybe somebody in, she in Sheffield Wednesday's side does something completely out of the expected. But I just think if you look at it from a balanced perspective and look at these two sides and um, everything on paper, I, I, I would suggest realistically you have to look at it as a as a comfortable win i think they'll try and make it difficult for us and i don't necessarily think that's the you know the best approach for them um so yeah my predictions my predictions too you know you're listening to sky blues extra 
Now, Matt, before we uh, went live, um, we we obviously asked some some polls uh, for our Twitter followers and got you know some really good feedback from them. I'm going to ask for your uh, sort of feelings on on these as as I read them out. So, the first one that we wanted to talk about this this week was um, based on sort of our post Christmas form. Um, where do you see that we'll finish this season? And the options were autos, playoffs, top half, bottom half. Um, 74% of, of the votes went to playoffs. If you were to be a betting man, where, where would you put us uh, come the end of the season? Um, <laughs> I think I look at it now and I, and I do lean towards playoffs. Um, do you think there's any better teams in and around us? Not just now, but just when you watch us play and you look at the teams that we've played, look, Leeds, Southampton, Leicester, um, yeah. and, and the performances that we've put in those games. All right, Leeds was a little bit against the wall job, but mm. Southampton, I think, was fairly comfortable. I think there was chances mm. that we had. There was times yeah. where their quality unpicked us. And mm. the same with Leicester. I didn't think at times they looked like a team that would be able to break us down. Yeah, and even using the Leeds example, it's an example of us having to play a different way and play back to the wall and still come out with a result. So actually that potentially even more than the other games is an example of, you know, you can really put us up against it and and, and maybe it's not a day where we're going to dominate or or maybe even be 50-50 in terms of um, chances and possession and run of the game, but we still we're still going to be extremely difficult for you to to beat us, even if you get ahead, you know, midway through the second half as we were able to come back in that game. So that's probably an example in itself of how difficult we are. And and you're right, obviously leaning on Southampton's and Leicester's. Yeah, I think it's it's um it's difficult to see another team outside of the top four who are particularly any better than us. Um, I do kind of say I lean towards the playoffs because I think the top four is pretty set. Obviously, you look at the, the points and the gap we'd have to make up with that. West Brom, though, I know there's a little bit of a gap. I certainly don't think they're out of range for us, but they also do look a pretty good outfit this season get and, and have looked pretty, yeah, they've looked pretty solid and they, as you say, they get the job done. So, you know, I think they can probably feel quite confident about their chances as well. So then I'm kind of, I guess where I say lean is because I'm kind of going, right, I'm kind of narrowing it down to maybe one or two spots available to us. But the reason I say I lean towards the playoffs is because, as you say, I don't necessarily think there's another team that we should be looking at and saying there's any reason to think that they're any better than us, um, which is such a nice feeling because even, you know, last season making the playoffs, you felt like we'd kind of batted above our average for um, for, for what we'd done when you look at our squad across uh, or against what you might see across squads uh, that we were competing against. And now I don't look at that outside of, let's say, the top four. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I agree with, was it 74%? 74%. Um, next was 66%. And the question was, does Matty Godden fit into Mark Robbins' best 11? Now, I don't really like this as a question, even though it was myself that, that put it out there. <laughs> Um, but it's a, a conversation that a lot of people are seeming to, to have this season. Mm. Um, and that's not to want to single anyone out. It's just a conversation that, that people are having. Yeah. Um, I think to get into the playoffs, a squad that we have 
arguably is, is is deeper than it's probably ever been in in recent seasons but still means that you need contributions from everyone across that and you know we've had contributions from from Liam Kelly um this mm. season for example so there's there's always going to be contributions needed but yeah. but just a sort of a simple yes or no and uh, and why Gordon you know with Hadji Wright and, and and Sims maybe you know on the sort of um, edge edge of of that. Do, do you see him being a first name on the, the sort of team sheet up the top? No. If if that's the question, I I think I'd have to say no. Um, but I certainly think he's somebody that can be important for us in in the squad. Um, and and just I guess very briefly, yeah, that area of the pitch or that central striker role because we have such a threat from different areas. Um, I don't necessarily think it needs to be a case of saying there's one person and that person's going to have to score 30 goals a season. You know, it can be somebody who can, yes, you've got the threat of them scoring a goal or at certain points they might need to be somebody who can hold the ball up a bit better or there might be somebody who needs to to run their socks off and, and obviously create space for other players. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to probably need to flex that role um, and have the opportunity to do that with the threat that we have from all areas of the pitch for goals as well. So um, I'd rather answer it by saying, I think he's he's still in a, somebody who can be a part of our squad, an influential and important part of our squad. Yeah, agreed. No, I think that's a really good, good, good answer, a really good point. And like you say, we don't have to lean on one person like we did with Jokeres. The goals are coming from all over the pitch. Sakamoto, O'Hare is chipping in with well more goals than you'd probably expect at this point of his comeback. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, other other people um, e- even think there's probably some goals still left in, in Ben Sheaf, um, especially once he starts to have less of the, the sort of shackles that he's kind of got of trying to do all sorts uh, as as Victor Torp and, yeah. and and that box midfield comes through even more. Um mm. lastly then, um how many points do you think we'll take from our next three league matches? Just to remind listeners out there, it's Sheffield Wednesday away, Bristol City at home midweek, and then Norwich uh, at Carrow Road on the third of February. Uh I mean I'm gonna go with six. I don't see any reason why any of those games are even unwinnable for us. Um, but I I don't know. I guess this is probably just my slightly pessimistic brain going, you look three games into the future, however good it is, I'm still probably not going to be able to pull three wins out of the bag from, from my prediction. So I kind of, I guess even, the, I'm answering that almost from a law of averages perspective. Um, but I think, you know, like I've, my prediction is that we'll beat Sheffield Wednesday. I certainly think we we, we should expect to, to beat Bristol. Um, so I guess that's my suggesting that I'm I'm thinking we might lose against Norwich. But ask me that before the game happens and I might have a bit of a different answer. But my kind of slightly realistic brain says, yeah, we can we should at least be expecting, I think, six points. Yeah, well, only nine percent of, of um, voters went with nine points. So shocked, actually. I thought, you know, you is this done before or after Leicester? After Leicester. Yeah, I thought people would be saying 12, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, most people have gone with seven. So, you know, yeah. two wins and a, and a draw, um, presumably the draw would be, be away at home, uh, to, to Norwich. But I think six, like you say, is, uh, is a, is a decent, decent number. Yeah. And that would see us 
um, be totally solid in the in in the playoff positions. Um, we're going to touch on it very very briefly before we we end uh, this week's episode. Um, we can't not talk about January transfer windows uh, because it, it it is ongoing. We've already done some business. Um, we've seen um, Victor Torp uh, obviously come in, and we've talked about him. We know enough um about him to to know you know where he's going to sit this this season um but do you see anyone going out i know there's been some rumors about um perhaps uh liam kelly is someone that might might move on and i think he'd do a, a brilliant job um it does seem that his minutes are going to be far and few between now we've brought a central midfielder in um eccles has been really really solid sheaf of course um and even joel um, has has played in that sort of defensive midfielder role probably as much I think as mm. as as Liam Kelly has or or, or, or perhaps yeah. would this season. Um, so it does seem that he he may be surplus requirements and and maybe he you know he's asking to to remain fit you know because at that age you've got to be playing I guess to to yeah. to keep that that going. Um, that's potentially one. Is is there anything else that you see might go out? Um, not that we've heard any rumours, but just, mm. you know, from the face of it. Um, and then is there any more areas that you'd like to see us improve? And do you think think we will? Yeah, I, I would still like to see Tavares go out on loan. Um, I know kind of that seemed to be the expectation. I think Robin's pretty strongly hinted at it. But then he kind of, I think, slightly took that back a little bit to suggest he might say, well, he potentially offers something a little bit different, but I wasn't overly confident in his little cameo performance when he came on it against Oxford. I thought he looked a little bit like he needed to, to play football to get him to a level that we're at now, because you've also got to think, you know, um, as much as we all love what Tavares did in that kind of like exciting short burst of time that he played for us, um, we've we've moved on as a club, even from that perspective. That's not to say we've moved on necessarily from Tavares as a, as a potential option for us at some point down the line, but I don't think, you know, he is at a level. Well, he's now sitting next to someone that came in for, you know, six odd million, isn't he? Exactly. Um, yeah. He's come, he's also then sitting next to possibly Godden if, if it's right, uh, leading yeah. the line on his own. So he's sitting next to someone like Godden as an established championship scorer. Then you yeah. mix that with Torp and, it, it, you know, Palmer. It, yeah. It's a very deep bench, isn't it? For, for someone like Tavares to, to, exactly. to get on the pitch. Yeah. So I, I, I just think he would definitely benefit from, going out on loan and I wouldn't be shocked to see that I would be relatively surprised uh, other than Liam Kelly which obviously you've touched on so I won't I won't dwell on that too much but I'd be relatively surprised if it was anybody else from kind of the senior squad um to go out now I think in terms of incomings I, I just I, I guess I would say if we were to sign anybody else now which I wouldn't be shocked to see happen I would also consider it a bit of a, almost a little bit of a luxury, right? You know, there doesn't feel like there's too many occasions where we'd still be the best part of two weeks out of the end of the transfer window, where I think most probably realistic Coventry fans would be saying, um, it'd be nice to bring somebody else in, but do we actually massively really need it? I try and think about the areas where if one was to go out injured, where would we be struggling? And maybe you could kind of really 
delve into it and look at those but i i don't know i, I think the rumors maybe have, have centered around a, a striker i don't know what you'd if that's something you would suggest but obviously that probably ties in with the, the godden conversation right i think the people who maybe think godden needs to be moved on are the ones who would then say we probably need to to, to bring a striker in but i don't yeah. necessarily think it's a it's it's an urgent need for us no i think i think you made a really good point earlier on um in that it, not that it doesn't matter who is in that middle position, but mm. the the attacking build-up is coming from much more than that, that it doesn't seem yeah. to be uh, central to how we're going to perform and how we're going to take points um, a, a, away from other teams. I, I touched on it sort of... I don't know. I, I, not, that, not that I dislike just De Silva. I think he's a very good mm. player. I think the left could be potentially an issue if if we were to get an injury down down that side. Um, you could argue the same with the right, um, but maybe you know it it put you know Latabotier there and, yeah. and maybe switch things around. I think you're right. I don't think there's that many gaps that that need filling. Mm. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you're probably thinking, you know, if there were to be an injury, um, then you might say whilst at the minute we might have one person to go in and it not be too bad, then you kind of think, okay, right, who's the cover behind that? So it would it would be a case of an injury. But that would be across then, the pitch, wouldn't it? You know, you can't yeah. you can't then go and have three yeah, what can you what can you these what solid can you do? options. Yeah, as exactly. Yeah. So no, yeah. I think you're um I think you're right. And uh it, you know never say never. Um Mark Robbins and the and the recruitment team are always trying to to do something. I think like you said, there are some players that would benefit from from some some match um time now by by going out on on loan. Um and I think Tavares would be someone that would, would fit that mould. Um yeah. that brings us to the end of this week's um episode. It's been great fun talking everything sky blues again matt and obviously we hope all of our listeners at home have enjoyed that if they do want to get in touch with us they can of course using the hashtag sbe podcast and obviously always remind us that we're very lucky to be sponsored by the sky blue tavern and didn's bury and and we do sort of make sure that fans get up to the tavern before um, or Dylan's before a game uh, and enjoy the, the post or pre-match atmosphere because it, it is really, really good. And I think we're very, very lucky to have um, such venues now, um, you know, in and around the, the, the sort of CBS because we didn't always have those options and, and, and we, we, we hope that, that fans will, will go and enjoy them. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.